Hey guys, welcome back to VM Nation. I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, this is going to be a great, great conversation, uh, especially if you're struggling with anything physically, mentally, or if you're just trying to find your mission again. Because I know a lot of people, when they get out, we lose our mission. And this is going to be something that maybe you guys can get involved with, with serving again. But first, I want to thank our sponsors, me. I'd like to thank our sponsors with uh, Vertical Momentum Coffee. This is a high blend coffee. This is not your mother's coffee. It's 50% caffeine. So if you feel like Monday's kicking your ass, kick Monday's ass back by picking up a, a box of this. Now, all the proceeds, my proceeds, go to help veterans and veteran homelessness and veteran mental health. So I make $0 off of it. So please support it and get, give it a try. Promise you, you'll like it. Guys, like I said, this is going to be a great episode. Talking with my friend Amy, we, we got in, in, in touch by a friend, Tamara, or Tammy Girl, as she likes to be called. I just got off the phone. I just got off the line with her. So we're going to be talking about all things um, physical, mental, veterans, and also maybe finding a mission again. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Like I said, I have COVID, so trying to, you know, heal, <laughs> but I'm doing pretty good. Now, how are you taking care of yourself while having COVID? Because a lot of people, you know, when they, they'll sit there and I, I tell a lot of people, make sure you're taking your vitamins, but also make sure that you're not laying down so so flu, fluid can get into your lungs. What are you doing to, you know, I know you can't go out much, but what are you doing to try to get healthier? So I'm taking um, vitamin D. I'm taking emergency. I'm drinking a lot of tea to, you know, keep my um, fluids up. And um, I have some exercise stuff in the house. And I actually have a gym um, that's in our garage. But I haven't done a lot of that because I'm so symptomatic and I don't want to make myself worse. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, and how you became the person that you are today. So um, I was actually born in Canada and lived there with my family for just a couple of years. We came down all, and went to school here in the U.S. in Washington State. Um, I became a naturalized citizen at 16 and joined the Army at 17. And um, then served one tour in the Army, and it was because I'm old. It was in the 90s and um, got out. Um, got, you know, married and pregnant the way you do in the military and um, then went into the Navy reserves and um, finished up my eight years um, in the Navy reserves. And I was uh, one of the first women CVs, um, which is a construction worker in the Navy. For those who don't know, my dad had owned his own business in heating, ventilating, architectural sheet metal. And you always say that, um, Kids don't listen to their parents. Well, I have proof I did because um, I got to test out of uh, sheet metal work and become a CB without ever going to school for it. So now what was your experience like? Because I and I've had plenty of women on women veterans on my show. What was your military experience like as, as a female? You know, I didn't have a great military experience. Um, I had. Um, I dealt a lot with um, 
gender roles and, um, you know, I was one of the first women in light infantry at Fort Drum and just, I, um, was pretty attacked and I wasn't, I was raised strong. My dad, you know, um, was a Marine and, you know, I just overcame things, um, in my service. I, I don't regret my service, but, um, it was a big challenge for me. I didn't, um, because my dad uh, raised me with self-worth, I couldn't stay in the military um, with going through what I went through. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I, you know, I, I've had a lot of people that, a lot of young ladies that have come on, um, at least 10 that I know of, that have, don't, some of them dealt with MST, some of them didn't, some of them just um, dealt with, you know, people making snide remarks, you know, just, just people being wise asses, you know, and so, and they kind of got out and they're like, all right, I've had enough. I'm done. It's a wrap. So what was your decision to get out? And, you know, like, like we we're talking about off camera, um, a lot of times when, you know, when we get out of the military, um, we, first of all, you know, we're in the military, we're all hua hua hardcore and all that bullshit, you know, but we get used to getting paid on the 1st and the 15th, getting TRICARE, whatever. But then eventually when you our feet to hit the streets, like my friend Sergeant Nick says, the military doesn't give a shit about you. The phone stops ringing and now you lose a career and you lose your mission. What was your transitioning like? So it, one of the things I felt very worthless in the military, like, like you said, nobody cared. And so when I transitioned out, nobody cared, but I had actually gone in thinking um, that I was going to be a military girl. Like I, my entire life, I knew I was going to go serve in the military. And so I was very um, shocked by my, um, by my experience and so when I got out, um, I was at this precipice and I apologize. My dog's barking. Um, it's okay. Uh, of how do I serve my country? Like I'm so patriotic and all of these things. How do I serve my country? If how I planned on serving my country didn't work out, you know, I still have a heart of service. I still, want to support and do all these different things. And um, so that's kind of where I went into the volunteer world. That's where I got involved in um, working with both my community and then also with the military. And it was a way so that I could continue to serve my country and um, live my authentic life. So what would first couple weeks like you know once you finally hung up the uniform like for me i know it was very hard because you know on our plan or my calendar listed out everything i was going to do for the military for the next year sorry i'm just oh, getting okay. <laughs> so what was your next steps when you finally hung up the uniform what was that first couple weeks like I think it was pretty lonely. I think, you know, of trying to figure out myself. And like I shared, I had um, children 
And I think also um, trying to be the best version of myself for them, teaching them about um, service to others was real important. So what kind of job did you take when you got out of the military and how did you start to reimagine and reinvent yourself? So I did um, actually start working at Sears. I worked in uh, the supply because that's basically um, a lot of what I did in the army, at least, um, was in uh, the quartermaster corps. And so I did shipping, receiving, and I focused a lot on um, at Sears in shipping and receiving. I was talked into starting to work at the makeup counter because I also found out that or figured out that I um, was a pretty good salesperson. And so they started having me uh, watch the counter when girls needed to go on breaks and stuff like that. And sales went up. So I transitioned to um, cosmetics. And then from there to um, my ex-husband, we moved to New York and I started working for Estee Lauder. And so I worked for Estee Lauder in New York and Florida. And then um, eventually in Seattle because I um, left him and moved back to Seattle. And so I uh, managed Origins, which is a part of Estee Lauder in downtown Seattle. And so I always laughed that I went from, you know, weapons on the weekends as um, even within the Navy reserves and doing these things to cosmetics during the week, but then also um, doing nonprofit work on the side with my kids and stuff. And I always um, recommend involving your children. A lot of people are like, I don't have time because I have kids. And, and I always think that's kind of um, backwards. I think you should with your children, not apart from them. So what kind of nonprofits did you get involved with? So, um, so I actually chose to get involved in the military side with AUSA, which is the Association of U.S. Army, because it's a military service organization. And when I tried to engage with veteran service organizations, I felt that they were very misogynistic and they wanted me to be the auxiliary in the auxiliary, even though I was the veteran, because that's where all the women were. And that was really frustrating for me because I've always been um, usually the breadwinner or, you know, um, and I've always worked. And so I don't necessarily identify with traditional women who put themselves in auxiliaries and understand I truly honor any woman's choice on how she lives her life. So I don't want to say that the, that I'm better than them. I'm just saying I'm different than the traditional stay-at-home mom. I'm comfortable and happy in an auxiliary. You know, it's much, just, you have type A personality. Pretty yes, um, and so it. But I also don't enjoy being the only woman in a room. You know, because then I feel like a lot of the times guys put on um, belief systems that aren't my belief systems. And then I'm I'm having conversations I don't want to have. I'm 
you know, you know, either they think I'm too hard or I'm jockeying against them for authority. And I just don't want to have those conversations. I want to serve people and I want to make big impacts and do shit. And that's it. And so I felt like I had this ability within AUSA to lead, follow, and get out of the way. But it didn't necessarily mean I looked any certain way as a woman. And the impacts were working with the active duty service member. So it's, you know, providing food during the holidays. It was um, welcome homes and um, uh, engagement things and getting... Uh, young service members to think about their mental mindset and all these things that I um, already kind of aligned myself with. So um, for me, it was just a better fit. And now I have since I have relationships with veteran service organizations, but it's kind of funny because I feel like now they come to me when they have problems, they need funding, they want to do something or they want me to um, help get people involved. And I'm perfectly fine to do that. And I will absolutely be a member, but not go to meetings because I don't want to play that political game. And I just don't have the bandwidth to educate everybody on Amy. So now when, you know, I believe that when a service member get before they get out of the military, like before we're going to go to war, they train, they train us up for six months. I believe that before we get deployed, or I mean, after we get deployed and are ready to be ETS out, we should have a six month train down because, you know, I, I think that the taps or whatever, whatever they call it, it's bullshit. It doesn't really help anybody. And when, you know, when your feet hit the streets, you don't really know what to do. You don't have a plan. And if you don't, and obviously we all know if you don't have a plan, you know, you plan to fail, right? So what is your thought process on watching these people get out of the military? What should, can the military do for them to help with their transitioning? You know, I was just having this conversation um, with, uh, General Brown. And here's what I think. I think that um, command sergeant majors and officers actually have a fabulous transition plan. I feel like a lot of big corporations are jockeying for those people. They feel like they're tried and true and they can train them up. So they have all the um, opportunities for internships, all the opportunities to go from gate A to gate B. I feel like the the lost are the junior enlisted or maybe even the buck sergeant. Um, and I think it's twofold because I, I feel like sometimes for the younger people, a lot of times the problem is they feel like they have it together and they're not really open to information. And then I feel like you have the person who's overwhelmed. So it could be the junior enlisted with three kids that how am I going to make enough money, the same I made in the army or better 
with this one skill set and nobody's paying attention to me. Nobody's valuing me because I'm a specialist and I have three kids and who cares that I have three kids in the real world, right? And I think that's where um, our point of impact with all these things, with, with the podcasts and different things, to me is figuring out how we can um, get that person who actually, because I think that's the, the person who's going to be the most receptive to, hey, this is, you know, um, if you do these things, if you meet with these people, but it's also being honest and reflective. What is your actual skill set? Why would a company um, hire you at a higher pay? What are you bringing to the table? And then make sure you bring it. You know, there's a lot of people who want participation um, medals. And this is true in the veteran community as well. You know, um, and when we talk about ethics, I talk about ethics as a volunteer all the time. If I say I'm going to do something, it doesn't matter to me whether or not I get paid. My same work ethic is in both scenarios because that's the way I was raised. We are a reflection of the things that we do, but we aren't taught that. We're taught that it's okay to say no, and it is, but it's also okay to say yes, and it's also okay to have an expectation of yourself. And to me, when we talk about mental mindset and we talk about depression, if we hold ourselves to such a low standard, then we're disappointed. Then we're at the state of disappointment. Whereas if we work on um, giving back and increasing our skill set, you know, what is it that we could do differently? And uh, we can talk about IT in this way. So you can have a young soldier that goes into IT, um, comes out as an E4, they have a certain set of skills, but they don't might not have the degree or they don't have the um, certifications. So if we could get that person in front of the right company that says, okay, it's these three certifications I need. I'll pay 50% if you pay 50% because you're telling me you want this level. We can do it together. You know, and I and I, I love that. And I think that a lot of times when a veteran gets out of the military, we don't get a professional resume writer to do it. We do it a DIY. And then when we go to hand in our resume and all they're seeing is acronyms and nomenclatures and their eyes just glass over and then they just, I don't understand it. So they just throw it into the pile. Do you see that something that happens a lot? I think that is one thing. Another thing that somebody told me is um, oftentimes because soldiers are used to being a jack of all trades, they don't take the time to write um, a resume or a cover letter that ex it, um, explains why they're good for that job. Because it's almost like an ego, like I'm good at anything I do. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll be whoever you want me to be. 
But when you're looking at the resume, if it doesn't scream, I'm going to be amazing in this job, then we're not we're not in the same plane. Now, one thing that I also um, I talk my kids, my I got a, a son, a 17 year old and I got a 19 year old ones in college. And one thing we started talking about is future. You know, and I said, you need to get on LinkedIn you need to start building relationships, you know, you because everything is relational. And my, in my, my opinion, relationships trump a lot of, you know, a lot of business dealings gets done on a golf course. And that's just the way it really is. So the more friendships you have and the more relationships you build, I think the more opportunities you will build in the future. Your thoughts? I agree a hundred percent. And I also, I will, I love golfing. And I think that so much business is done on the golf course because it's four and a half hours and it's a litmus test. Like golf to me is one of those things that you have to suck at for a long time before you can be any um, good. And so I, I just think that that um, for business is oftentimes why. So now what are your thoughts on, you know, building, you know, getting, having a person, you know, get building a, a profile on LinkedIn and say if they want to get into tech, maybe start interacting with some of the tech companies, even before they get out of the military. I think that's excellent because then I think because each company wants and I, I and we're using tech as an example. But I think this is true in a lot of different industries where um, different companies are looking for different things. And so um, if you want, especially if you had like top three companies you would really like to work for, um, what are they looking for? What is their company culture? Why, why are you such a great fit? And I think that goes back to figuring out and really wanting to be a great fit. All right. So now something else I'm noticing, you know, my son is a junior. He'll be going, he'll be going to college soon. One of the things that a lot of colleges are looking at are, you know, what public service has you done? How have you served the community? You know, and I think that that plays a big role in getting into colleges and also getting into a lot of universities. You know, they want to know, what you did besides going to school. So I think that it fits a lot into what you're talking about with serving. So can you talk about that a little bit? I do. I think, um, I, and I think, you know, like I've been on uh, committees that have determined scholarships. And I think um, when you're part of a nonprofit, because it works on your work ethic and your character development, it's being a part of something bigger than yourself. And so um, I really applaud that as being a um, indicator of excellence. And if you do a project that you're not getting paid for, it shows follow through. But I also feel like, so I have questions when people put on the resumes that they do volunteer work, I ask them to talk about it. And if they can't talk about it, then to me, it wasn't, um, as a big part of what they're doing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like it's checking a box. I just showed up, 
we delivered food, that was it versus, you know, um, the first time I delivered food, I just thought this was the greatest thing ever. And so I helped them partner with three other um, companies and we built this new program. That's somebody who volunteers. That's somebody who follows through. That's somebody who sees things holistically. Um, and I think that's huge because that's building a better human. And I think what we have learned is we need to build our children, our um, veteran community. We need to build better humans, you know, people who can, um, who, who see service as a joy. Like that's where I get all my joy. Um, I don't serve for check mark. I don't serve for accolades. Um, I love it because it's what keeps me um, out of the depression mindset. It keeps me realizing my blessings um, every day. And um, just the people I meet, the experiences that I have, the humor. I mean, I could do stand-up comedy on events that go right but wrong <laughs> or wrong but right. So now I'm noticing, you know, I'm, I'll be 53 at the end of the month, that people that my age and younger, when they get out, they don't want to go to the VFW anymore. They don't want to go to AMVETS anymore because it's just a bunch of old, old guys, old girls just sitting there getting drunk. And they don't feel like they belong, especially if you come up through, you know, the 90s and the 2000s. They don't feel like they don't they belong in the VFWs and, and the legions. So what are some things that, that have saved Craig, the 45-year-old guy, gets out? What are some things that he can volunteer with and become a part of? So, I mean, there's lots. Like, there's Travis Mannion Foundation. Um, there is, there's a lot of young service organizations that are thriving right now. It's old associations that are really challenging because they're not meeting the times. They're wanting to create an event so amazing where people go to them rather than going to where people are, you know, um, and you can do anything. I mean, you don't have to be in the veteran space. You can serve on, you know, zombie apocalypse runs and work with, and all the money goes to St. Jude's or to a food bank or to, you know, whatever and what have you. It's, it's building your tribe, right? It's the camaraderie that we need. It's the service to others, but it's the camaraderie. And so if, you know, trying to go into a veteran service organization and change it to fit you is kind of like pounding your fist in the sand. I so then what steps would a person, when they get out of the military, where do they start looking to serve? Is it because they just go to the local church, would go to, go to the local VA? What would be some of their steps? Well, I would, um, I would start with their self-reflection. Write down the things that you like to help with, whether it's logistics, whether it's, you know, frontline service, whether it's grant writing, like you're, you love to write, whether it's design, you know, people who, um, love to create flyers and different things like that, or social media. All of those are jobs and work in the nonprofit world. And then find out who needs them because feeling needed is huge, right? 
Yeah. Um, and see, yeah, and see what you can do. Hey, I am, you know, this is my skill set. I love to design um, flyers. I have these things on my computer. Oh my God, if I would love, some, you know, and I have a guy who just does my website for AUSA and that's his entire give back. He doesn't go to any meetings. He doesn't go to any events, but I got compliments as a chapter leader nationwide because our um, website was on point and that's his one give back. Now he now has a company doing that, that. I mean, he has his own company and he's a Navy vet, but he, so it's a win-win, but it's, he does it really well. That goes back to that work ethic. It's a reflection of him and it serves me. It helps people. It helps me to um, get information out. It helps people want to be engaged with our chapter, all these different things, but I'm not trying to make him be a different type of volunteer, which to me is kind of what the VFW and the Legion, as much as I love them, often does is they want you to be their kind of volunteer. And I'm saying there's enough room and there's enough need that we can all be authentically ourselves and actually serve tremendously. Okay, last two questions I have. Um how do we find you? How can we support your mission? And how can we support whatever you got going on? Well, so I'm pretty simple girl, Amy T. Meyer. Um, and find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, I always do the hashtag because Tamara's one of my best friends. And um, so my hashtag is volunteerholic. And I'm always here to... Um, help you find your spot. So if you know, if you, if you're challenged with these things, I could absolutely help you find the areas that you could volunteer and make an impact. And I would love to do that. Um, and as you know, Rich, cause you've been on my podcast, helping the brave, which is also just telling transition stories and the same kind of trying to make the world better one podcast at a time. Okay, so last question that I have, and I love this question because I ask a thousand people, I get a thousand different answers. You know, we're living in New Jersey right now. Um, I'm sure we're getting ready for a lockdown. You know, our our love our lovely governor, um, because of COVID. So we have a lot of parents that are you know driving for Uber, <coughs> DoorDash. You know, just trying to put food on the kitchen table. So if I ask the average American to do something in seven days. They're pretty much never going to get to it. But if somebody's listening to this right now and we ask them to take an actionable step right now, they're more than likely to do it. So if somebody is struggling with their mental health, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to get some help? Um, so there is. It's how you receive love. Is how you should ask for help. So if you know that words of affirmation or something like that is your big go-to, then simply calling somebody and talking through where you're at. If time is your um, love language, then go and spend time with someone else. Um, just one other person or even um, 
yeah, with just one other person, if um, acts of service, they go and do the biggest act of service you can think of, which might be working at a food bank or um, cleaning a church and do an act of service for somebody unexpected. That can bring you a lot of joy, um, a gift, you know, where you are, you're giving a basket of all the things that you feel um, would be super impactful for someone else, because then it breeds all, you know, it's uh, paying it forward. And I, um, so the last one would be touch. And so if your um, love language is touch, and so if you want to think of appropriate touches, maybe go get a massage. Touch therapy is huge. Um, spend time and think about this outside the box. Um, maybe go and ask a humane society if you can spend time with puppies or um, taking different dogs for a walk or working with cats. You know, volunteering um, can look as individual as we do. I love it. And especially if you can get involved with equine therapy, you know, mm -hmm. it's amazing what, you know, just being next to a horse, that kind of bond that calms you down. You know, I think that's an amazing thing to do also. Guys, I just want to say thank you guys for hanging out with us today. If you know anybody that's struggling with their mental health, um, either even their physical health, just make sure you tag them in this. And um, just so we can get, if they need help, we can get them the resources that they need. I want to thank our sponsor, which is me. Thank you, <coughs> Vertical Momentum Coffee. Uh, thank you for keeping me energized. It uh, keeps me going all day long. Uh, and remember that anything that I do, including my T-shirts, my hats, every, and everything on the Vertical Momentum Podcast website, all my proceeds go to help veterans struggling with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depressions. So I just want to say thank you guys for all the support. Guys, make sure you, hang, you check out Amy, what she's got going on. Make sure that you support her. And I want to give a shout out to Tammy girl. Good luck this weekend in Austin. I know you're going to kick ass. Have, have an amazing week, guys. Amy, thank you so much. All right. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right, guys. Remember, vertical momentum. The only way to go is but up. I'll catch you guys on the flip. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.